I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Three years on the average before a person gets the right diagnosis and treatment for it. Mm -hmm. And think of the amount of trouble you can get into in between <laughs> if you're manic or if you're depressed. I mean, you can get in trouble in three minutes. <laughs> yes, oh, in three minutes. And I've had people say, you don't know anybody who can get in trouble as fast as I can. Well, I may or may not. Three minutes is about the best I've heard. Yeah. Um, and I worked in juvenile detention also, and you talked, the kids were all bipolar, of course, and they would climb out the window at night to see if they could find anything exciting, and if they did, it was probably illegal, and they'd end up in juvenile detention because of their problem. And I'd say to them, have you ever been to therapy? And it's like kids, adolescents, if you, if you don't make any noise, you don't get to therapy. So, you know, they would have made enough noise that somebody took them to the local mental health clinic. Well, who did you see? Some lady. Was she nice? Yeah. What'd she do for you? She gave me some pills. She may have had it right, even. And you take the pills for about three days, and then I stopped taking them. And I'd say, that's why you're here, honey, <laughs> because you stopped taking the pills. Mm -hmm. So they'd get as far as getting there, but then after that, they'd be back in all the same difficulties that um, an adult would be. I'm grandiose, I'm not going to get caught, I can climb out the window at night, who's going to care? And, you know, if you're dating somebody or married to somebody who's, you know, in a manic state, trying to reason with them, trying to talk to them, it's just, you're wasting your time. You might as well talk to your ironing board. However, remember that bipolar people in a manic state can sound perfectly logical. And sometimes it takes a while to really figure out that this person has no idea what they're really saying and doing. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult. The best thing you can do is get the person to help as soon as you can. Now, I'm just thinking, you know, if somebody is going through a manic state or a depression, they could easily, at that point, look to break up with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if they're in a manic state, yeah. they might be thinking something like, oh, well, they want to just go out and ra have random sex with whoever. And who'll care? Nobody will care. I'm grandiose. Yeah, well, there's no consequences of that. No. And then, you know, I'm, I'm not happy right now. I just got to do this. I got to yeah. break up with this person. Yeah. And so they might leave you, go off, sleep with somebody else, and then Absolutely. after... Because sleeping with someone else is also a common symptom. Oh, because it's exciting and just a little dangerous, you might get caught. Yeah. Okay. And so if you do that, then when would they come back around and say, oh, I want to work it out? Yeah. Um, at that point, you have to be very self-protective. If you're really attached to this person, you care about this person, you're going to say, I'm sure it sounds like you have a mood disorder and I'm sure somebody can help you with that. And how can I help you get to the nearest clinic? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, I don't need anything, there's nothing wrong with me, then I think you need to think long and hard about staying with that person. If the person says to you, I know that there's something wrong with me, I don't normally do stuff like that, okay, I'll see somebody, then the prognosis is pretty good. But mm -hmm. the grandi imagine trying to get somebody who's in a grandiose state to, to believe that they have a problem. 
It's very difficult. Mm -hmm. If they've had prior problems, you can review them. Um, and usually, um, several people in a person's life are aware that they're uh, in a manic state or a crazy state of some sort. It goes across the board. You can't be manic, you know, in this one situation and not in the other. Mm -hmm. It's pretty pervasive. And of course, depressions like that are very difficult. You get afraid for the person, you get afraid they're going to be suicidal, which does happen, I hate to say it, um, to almost 20% of bipolar people. Wow. But I think that has an enormous amount to do with the misdiagnosis, as Craig said in the beginning. If you're misdiagnosed and you have these depressions for years and years, then you're not going to want to go to anybody. I've been to, you know, six social workers, three psychologists, and and two psychiatrists, and I'm still just as miserable as I was before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one of the, the very useful resources is NAMI, the National Association for Mental Health. And they have groups in every community for people whose loved ones, kind of like al for people whose loved ones have a major mental illness. Mm -hmm. And um, they can be very helpful in keeping you sane. You know, Johnny sounded kind of reasonable yesterday. Is he coming out of it? Probably not quite yet. So they keep you in touch. And, you know, there isn't anything you can do for somebody who's in a manic state except be gently real with them. You're not yourself. Okay? And yeah. unfortunately, many people have to have several episodes before they're willing to accept that they've had it, that they have it. Would you say there's a certain age that people have an onset? You can have an onset at almost any age. The most common age is age 25. However, you can come up with it um, into old age. Um, I know someone very well who was married for many years to this man who had periodic depressions and at age 59 or 60 suddenly had a manic episode. Wow. So he had been treated for depression all that time. I don't think it's anybody's fault they didn't pick it up. He didn't have any manic symptoms. Um, but then there, there that is. And then of course he got onto a mood stabilizer as opposed to an antidepressant and did fine and came out of the episode. Wow. Yeah. But I worked at one point in a place where there were numerous adults who had had um, terrible either schizophrenia or bipolar come on them in their 50s. Wow. Right. When you really press, though, you find out there were problems before that. But you have to take a very, very careful history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, overall, bipolar disorder is no joke for if you have it or if you're around it. Mm -hmm. And I often say there is nothing subtle about bipolar. You're going to know it's there. And oftentimes bipolar involves yellow tape by the time the incident is over. That's scary. Yeah. But that could be a real wake-up call for yeah. people that are listening yeah. and they're dating somebody that is bipolar and they think that things are going to be okay. Right. Um, so you have to take your medication and when you're stable, it's really a very good idea to go to therapy. But I don't even have long conversations with people who are unmedicated bipolar. I don't want to give the wrong message that there's another way to deal with this because there isn't. And we're lucky we stumbled across lithium. Really? Yeah. We'd still have huge mental hospitals and totally disrupted lives. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
Uh, I can say, you know, living with living somebody, with, yeah. who, someone who's bipolar for years, mm -hmm. their behavior is very unpredictable. Um, mood swings, um, lashing out, and then after they calm down, right. they're just totally at peace. Yeah. It's totally well, at peace. When you get um, a manic person on the right medication, it is like a miracle. Um, in a couple of days, there's a huge difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you would say he was not on medication, but he would just calm down. The episode would pass. Well, yeah, he would take medication yeah. for a long time. Right. Then he would stop yeah. because he would say the medication is not working or it was working and he didn't need it anymore, and either or. That, yeah, it's most often I don't need it anymore. Yeah, and I, I've heard that a lot yeah. too. And so because they're feeling good and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, next thing you know. they're acting out, they've disappeared. Yeah. They're punching holes in the wall. Yeah. They're flipping the furniture. Yeah. They're threatening. Oh, yeah, all those things. Like I say, there's nothing um, subtle about it. And I know with adolescent boys, when I wasn't sure if we were looking at the depression, because if you got their life story, you know, depression would be a reasonable outcome. But I learned to ask this one question. Have you trashed the house? And if the answer was yes, chances are you're bipolar. <laughs> Well, that reminded me of that when he said he would, he would flip over furniture. Yeah. Um, it's a very sad state of affairs. And people have said, you know, is, this is a woman's disease. I might have thought that until I worked in the prison. And where I saw the real results of, of what happens. And we suspect that it can be passed down, right? You know, people are very reluctant to say that out front, but there's at least a 30% chance that somebody in your family has it. And when you ask people, they can pretty readily identify them. Mm -hmm. But my point being, if you're in a romantic relationship with somebody... Yes, who has a bipolar parent or bipolar, yeah, um, close relative, ask yourself the question. And are you prepared to have kids yep. with this person who too? Gonna have, yeah. Who could have bipolar children? Right. Because right. it's not any picnic, no, I can tell you that. No, it's not any picnic at all. Um, and unfortunately, the answer is you have to be aware. The thing is, it's like anything else. If you're in love with somebody who has bipolar disorder, um, know what you're getting into. Absolutely. And I would never say, if you love someone who has bipolar disorder, immediately run the other way. <laughs> you know, um, if you're willing to deal with some episodes every now and again. Um, Which could very well include cheating. Yes. Gambling. Gambling your stuff away yeah. and losing their job for months on end. Yes. I've seen it. It's tough. I've seen my stepdad it's tough. lose yeah. uh, jobs where he was making probably $150,000 to $200,000 and he would quit because his boss would say something insensitive to him. Yeah. Yeah. And you have no controls. As you said, you have no filter. Mm -hmm. um, the boss doesn't like me. I'm leaving and I'm grandiose and I don't need him anyway. Yep. Yeah. And then he'd be laying on the floor for three to six months, unable to get a job oh, again. Lord. And I can tell you, he's still doing that to this day. Really? And it, yes. Wow. He's doing that to this day, and it's been, boy, 15 years. Yeah. Now, that's an awful lot of denial and grandiosity. I mean, after you've had it happen two or three times. And his brother was the same and way. his brother was, oh, yeah. Well, Maybe worse. So it ran really, and, you know, there are different numbers in different families. Mm -hmm. um, and God help us if a bipolar person marries another bipolar person. Yeah. That would just look like two rock'em sock'em robots. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> and God help the children, you know. 
Um, but the walking on eggshells bothers me too because like I say they can sound perfectly reasonable and tell you it's you and you can believe it for a very long time until the scales fall from your eyes. Well that's what you were talking about earlier is yeah. the reality distortion. Yeah, the reality distortion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is enormous research going on in every country in the world at this point. And it would be good if we could come up with one pill that worked for everybody. Because you can be perfectly stable for a number of years on Lamictal, say that's one of them. And then all of a sudden it can stop working for you. And what you need to do is keep working with your psychiatrist to get the right combination. And you may have to do that several times over a lifetime mm -hmm. because sometimes Absolutely. your body gets really used to the yep. medication. Yeah, taking so, it for three or four years. Unfortunately, if somebody's manic and grandiose, it's the stupid doctor who gave them the wrong medication and they're not going back there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everybody else. Everybody else, yeah. Yeah, a bipolar person has a very tough time taking any responsibility for what they're doing. And they have a point to some extent because they're really not in control. But if they'll take the responsibility for catching it in time, that's the magic. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, any, any other questions, Mr. Craig? Um, no. The first time I ever saw a full-blown manic episode, I was stunned. I was stunned. Can you share the story? Um, one man in the prison who was known to be, I was new, um, he was known to be bipolar. Um, and he would insult everybody who, they finally had to lock him up because he was throwing things, even though the furniture was bolted to the floor. Um, and there's a wild strength in a manic state. Um, anyway, even though the furniture was bolted to the floor, he was throwing things for people, so they finally locked him up. Mm -hmm. And he screamed out of his cell the nastiest thing he could think of for any of the staff or for any of the other guys. And somehow he managed to pee in somebody else's shoe. I never knew quite how he did it because he was locked up, but he did do it. Yeah. <laughs> And I look back over my career and I think of some people who were blatantly bipolar, but I hadn't been to school yet. And one of them who was particular, I was doing child protective work, so I was working with the mother and the kids so that the kid wouldn't go into foster care. Years later, I went into a department store and there's a big ruckus going on somewhere. And I look over there and there's a whole bunch of men standing around this one woman who is demonstrating how to put on a necktie. And wasn't it that woman? So she was still bipolar X number of years <laughs> later, had a crowd around her, and was entertaining the world. Wow. Yeah. She also told me she liked any man in uniform, the postman, the guy in the Navy, anybody. But I didn't have the training at the time to say, listen, honey, we got to get you to a doctor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it, I tell you in one way, there's nothing subtle about bipolar. And you can think of yellow tape, but on the other hand, when you sit down and have a conversation with them, at least for a while, they can sound perfectly reasonable, right? Yeah. So, and if you're really interested in the subject, there's tons of stuff on the internet. And mm -hmm. if you have questions after this presentation, they can ask, right? Well, of course, they can sure. put comments below. Put comments if you have a question. And then uh, we could uh, discuss it in further sure. videos. Sure. And... Um, of course, you know, our goal is to get Margaret set up with coaching Yes. in the not-too-distant future. And so anybody that is dealing with a bipolar partner, 
Um, you know, I would be happy to talk with you. Yep, that's something that Margaret it would have more experience than I would, and you know, you would definitely, you know, want to work with her and talk with her about that. But I'm Thank sure you. people are excited that Thank you, I just Coach said that you're going to be doing coaching finally. So? I hope so. I look forward to it. I'd love to talk with you. Yeah, people have been asking about you, and yeah. I've said, well, we've got to get you set up, and we're, we're working on it. I've been in the business for many years, and I still absolutely love it. So I'll be happy to talk to you. Yeah, it'll be great. Okay. Okay, so I think we did a really good job of discussing this one to death today. Okay. They're probably like, oh, man, they're tired, they're worn yeah. out. Yeah, I'm just not going to deal with anybody like that, they're saying. <laughs> and who could blame them? Who could blame I them? I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Would you? No. Um, although I can think of a couple of people who've been willing enough to do it that you might take a chance on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, having... That's a huge commitment. Yeah. Having lived with it and seeing it firsthand. No, thank you. I'm not interested. I don't blame you. All right. So, to get my help personally, go to my website, AskCraig.net. You can get an email coaching or a Skype coaching. But that's it for this video. I'm Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.